this summer, uh, we've been talking about margin. Uh, I've heard so many people talking about, um, you know, I've been like the living example of margin, so I've been getting myself together. Uh, started on Memorial Day uh, Sunday, and we talked about margin, what that really means, and then I've tried to bring a lot of different applications of that. We're actually going to conclude all that whole concept uh, next week, so I've had these individual uh, messages that I wanted to talk to you about. So today, uh, this message is called uh, Margin Creates a Fruitful Life. So we talked about worry and contentment, and we kind of balanced those out. Uh, and today we're talking about uh, fruitfulness and how margin, deciding to, to, to think about our pace and how we live our lives and what our, how we deal with stress and worry and pressure, um, how those things can lead us, how we deal with them can lead us toward greater productivity and fruitfulness in our life. You know, most of the people that I meet really want their lives to count, really want their lives to matter. Um, we, we want to feel useful. We want to feel like our lives make a difference. Uh, we don't want to waste our lives. Instead, we want to be productive. We want to have a, a meaningful life. And people that are productive, I think, most of the time are the happiest people, people that feel like that their life is contributing, whether to their family or their job or to people in their life and certainly to God and his kingdom through the church. Um, you know, we... We, we would call that like stewardship, stewardship of what we've been given by God, how we deal with all that. You know, productivity is really making the most of what you've been given. You know, God is responsible for what he gives to us. We are responsible for what we do with it, uh, how, we, how we respond to that. You know, we, we live in a country that, um, you know, the, there's only like 10% of the population of the world in the United States and only 7% of the land mass in the world is the United States. And yet we have 40% of the productivity of, uh, that's, per, that's pretty amazing. Um, that, but it, it only reminds us of our responsibility, right? Our responsibility as a nation as well as individually. Um, and so, you know, over, over the years of thinking about some of this stuff, you know, there's all kind of books about productivity, all kind of um, seminars that you can go to to talk about how to get things done, how to get things accomplished. But really it's not, you know, for the, for the Bible, it's not really about how much you get done as much as it is getting the right things done, right? Uh, getting the right things done, having the right perspective. I mean, the Bible has a lot to say uh, about that. Now, the Bible doesn't really use the word productivity. Um, it, in a few places, it talks about production. But primarily, the word that the Bible uses is the word fruitful. Fruitfulness is the Bible way of talking about how you live your life out, how you deal with the, the resources and time and energy and talents that God gives to you. So it's clear that God wants us to be fruitful. It, fruitfulness is a major theme in the life of Jesus. I mean, right at the end of his life, before he died on the cross, one of the last things that Jesus talks to, to his followers is about this whole idea of fruitfulness. He expected them to bear fruit. At the very end in John 15, he talks to them about it. It's the verse right at the top of your outline. Uh, he says, uh, John 15, 8, this is my, to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. 
showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, thinking about how does God measure all that, you know, the Bible word for fruit is the word karpos. It's a Greek word, word that's used like 66 times uh, just in the New Testament. And so this is a really important idea, important verse that he's talking about. Um, here's what we begin to learn from this verse right away is that, first of all, bearing fruit brings glory to God. Bearing fruit brings glory to God. The Bible says that the goal of our lives is to bring glory to God. So how do we do that? How do we honor him? Uh, well, whatever fruitfulness is, whatever productivity is, it brings glory to God. So we certainly have to learn how to accomplish that because it brings honor and glory to our heavenly father. Uh, bearing fruit brings glory to God. Number two, Notice that in this verse that bearing fruit shows that I am a disciple. Bearing fruit shows that I am a disciple. What does that mean? It means that it's proof that you're in God's family. The Bible says that it's proof that you really know the Lord. Uh, by this, you, they know that you are my disciples. If you don't have any fruit in your life, don't have any demonstration or display of God working in your life, how can you claim to be a disciple, to be a follower of Christ, to be a Christian, to be in the family of God? So this verse tells us that fruit is the proof that you're in the family of God. Uh, number three, uh, God wants me to bear much fruit. I noticed the word much there. I circled it on mine. Um, God wants me to bear much fruit. You know, God is not just satisfied with just a little fruit in my life. He wants us to be very productive, hyper-conductive, super-productive, uh, bearing much fruit. Uh, you know, God always uh, wants us to use the resources that he's given. He always provides more than enough. Uh, he always provides more than enough, and he wants us to wisely use what we've been given. You know, I'm talking to you today, right? Some of you look like you're kind of zoning out here. Uh, you know, I, I got your food. By, you know, whoops, I got some food for you right there. Uh, so, you know, if you're getting a little sluggish, we got food at the end. So don't, don't be worried about that. Uh, no, I'm talking to us about this focus on how we use the resources that God has given us. What is God asking us to do? You know, he's not just talking to ministers about being fruitful. He's not just talking to people that might want to be a pastor. He's talking to all of us, you know, because we're all ministers, right, Julie? We're all ministers, every one of us. Not everybody's called to be a pastor or a teacher or any specific thing like that, but he's reminding us. Notice John 15, 6, 16, right after where we looked at earlier, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and do what? Bear fruit. There it is. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. So you notice here that bearing fruit is one of the purposes of my salvation. Now, there are different purposes of salvation, but bearing fruit is definitely one of them. I chose you, he says, to bear much fruit. He didn't save you just so you could go to heaven. He didn't just save you so you could sit and listen and soak and sour. Sorry. He saved you to serve. He saved you to be used. He saved you to use your talents and your passion and your gifts. God made an investment in you. God made an investment in your life through salvation. What kind of investment? Jesus gave his life for you. 
Jesus came and he died on the cross for you. Jesus left heaven uh, to come and to offer himself to us. He took on ridicule and beating and suffering uh, for every one of us. Jesus came and died for you. He created you. He saved you. He puts his spirit in you. We've seen all summer how he breathes his life uh, into us. And he invests in each one of us. But one day there's going to be an audit. One day there's going to be an audit of your life and of mine, and he's going to say, what did you do with what you were given? He gave to you graciously. He gave to you freely. What did you do with what you were given? What, what did you do with what you were given? What, what, what did you do with what you were given? He asked all of us that question. It's better to deal with it now than later, by the way. Don't want to wait. I want to deal with it now. So I'm thinking... This one that came and died on the cross for me, he might ask, did you live a fruitful life? Were you productive in using your resources? Uh, some, we sometimes talk about the parable of the talents. The talent, that, that's what it was all about. How did you use those talents that you have been given? Bearing fruit is the purpose of your salvation, a fruitful life. You know, you can live a very self-centered life, or you can live a very materialistic-centered life. Or you can live a life that is Christ-centered, fulfilling his purposes in you, living that out in, in, in your life. Uh, the second truth there is that a truly productive life is where the fruit lasts. A truly productive life is where the fruit lasts. You know, there's a big difference between fruit that kind of blossoms and then rots and vanishes over against fruit that lasts a long time. You know, in my life, and since I'm preaching, a lot of times I'm just telling you about me. One of my desires in my life, uh, if you know me, you know this well, is consistency. Um, I run into people when I go to different places. I, see, I notice it on Facebook. You know, once in a while we'll put like anniversary pictures of our anniversary or something like that. Here's the comment I get all the time. You look the same as you always did. You hadn't changed a bit. You ever get comments like that? Uh, I know that's not true, but it's just interesting how people uh, say, you know, I want that consistency. I mean, I got this, this the high school haircut still, same, same one. Even had a grandbaby, and they said, she's got the hair, or whatever, you know, all of that. It's crazy. And how does, how does that work itself out? Um, well, one of the things I love about church is, you know, I'm, you know they know around here, I'm, I'm not... I'm not really interested in just having like big events that are a great thing. Church has to be good every week. I mean, it's got to, we got to be on target. I mean, the, uh, the message, I mean, the music was awesome this morning, wasn't it? I mean, it's just the last Sunday of August, man. It's just, it's not any particular special day. These guys work hard. They put it together for us. Church has got to be good all the time, right? That's that consistency uh, idea. And that's exactly what uh, the Bible is talking about. You know, when, when you think about consistency, I mean, I've been, I've been walking with Jesus for over 45 years. Uh, I've been preaching for over 33 years. Uh, and when I get to the end of this whole process, you know, when I get to, when I get to that audit moment, I want him to say, well done. 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful to the end. You completed your assignment. You finished the race. You completed the course. I mean, the Bible says that real life is about fruitfulness. It's about the productivity of your life. And that's what we're going to be judged on. Not how much you accomplished. Not how big an impact you made. Not how big your fruit was. But did it last? Was it meaningful? Was it consistent? Did it make a difference? And you can't do that without margin. If you're too busy, if you're overwhelmed with the circumstances of your life, it's really hard to be productive. Would you just nod your head? You know what I'm talking about. Dealing, dealing with our life and getting our life in some kind of balance is such an important part of that, especially if we're interested in the long haul and doing it not just on the short term. I mean, the, the Ten Commandments talks to us about margin when it says, uh, take the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath, uh, take time in your life to make sure that you're living by. So all of this stuff reminds us that if you don't have margin, it's tough to get to the finish line. And so we're talking about fruit. Now, the next thing I thought that I want to talk to you about is different kinds of fruit that the, that the New Testament talks about. Um, so there's at least four different ways that the New Testament talks about fruit. One is the fruit of repentance, the fruit of repentance. Um, that is literally talking about turning away from self-centeredness and turning your focus toward God. That's what John the Baptist uh, preached about. When John the Baptist said, bring forth fruit of repentance, he's talking to the religious leaders. He's saying, are you guys demonstrating any fruit? Is there any change of heart in, in your life? Is there any repentance that has brought about change? That's a step for all of us. We have to demonstrate the fruit of repentance that we've changed once we've met Christ. Number two is not, not only fruit of repentance, but the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, that is, uh, we recognize that from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those nine character qualities. Uh, that's the fruit of God working in us. So that's a way of talking about fruit. The Bible also talks about, number three, the fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. The fruit of bringing someone to Jesus. When you bring somebody else to Christ, when you help somebody else into the kingdom of God, when you help somebody else experience what it means to be born again, when you share your faith, when you bring them to church, you know, whatever we do, you know what baby kangaroos produce? They produce, I mean, kangaroos produce baby kangaroos and elephants produce baby elephants and humans produce baby humans and Christians produce baby Christians, right? That's what we do. We, we help people come to know Christ. Um, you know, so uh, that's one of the things that we do is that we reproduce. We reproduce as a church. We reproduce uh, as classes. We reproduce as individuals, uh, building and helping other people know, come to know Christ. That's what this whole emphasis on spiritual conversations has been about all summer. You know, 2,500, that's a pretty amazing number, right? Um, all these different conversations that we've been having in an attempt to build relationships and lead others uh, toward Christ. Uh, one last one the fruit of ministry to others. What that means is that we find ourselves involved in serving in ways. We serve according to the shape that God has made us. He's given us all gifts, a certain heart, abilities, personality, experiences, um, recognizing that he wants all of us to use those things he's given to us to bear much fruit. Now, God is, in, through Christ, is very serious about this. 
Uh, Luke 13, 7, uh, we, we see this story of Jesus that was walking along one day, and he sees this tree that's not bearing any fruit, and he says, I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree and still haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? That's like saying, why is he even getting air? You know, because... Uh, He's recognizing that the, uh, the fruit of the tree will be cut down. He says that again in Matthew 3.10. So it's very serious for God. He wants us to think about uh, fruitfulness. God looks at you. He sees your potential. He sees the gifts and graces and blessings that he's offered to you. And he's asking, how are you impacting the kingdom of God? What difference are you making? What level of fruitfulness are you showing in your life? So... As we kind of move along on this, I want to talk about four different ways that we can uh, develop a fruitful life. So four different kind of conditions of fruitfulness. And these are intended to be you know, very practical for us. So number one, the first thing I have to do if I'm going to bear great fruit, much fruit, is I cultivate deep roots. Cultivate deep roots. You can all already see the gardening or the landscaping perspective here. Um, Jeremiah 17 says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Notice it doesn't say... Uh, it doesn't say be fearful when the heat is on. You know, I don't know what the heat is on means to you, but when you feel pressure, when you feel that stress, uh, he's encouraging you, what holds you steady when in the heat or in the drought of your life? What is the heat, like the pressures or stresses that you have? The, the, the Bible says what holds you steady is the roots that you put down, the roots that, that you've established. Um, you know, roots like um, coming to worship, Roots like being a part of a small group of people, being accountable to others, being able to dive into the Word of God, how you spend time with Him on a daily basis, uh, joining a church. You know, sometimes I, I meet people here that, uh, that I think, you know, it's time. I don't say this very often, but it might be time for you to join the church. Maybe you just need to, I mean, you've been hanging around a little while and, you, you know, I know you already decided you love this place. Come on. Come on, make a commitment. Get, get with it. Is that all right, Cheryl? Uh, you know, we, uh, we're, we're going somewhere here, right? I mean, we're moving along. You, know, you notice we're not just sitting around here patting you on the back. All this time we spend trying to get you to do something, trying to get you to work, trying to get you to serve, to use your money and use your talents uh, for the glory of God. You know, I'm not trying to tell you to do something you don't want to do, but asking the Spirit of God, what does he want me to do? That's what we got to get busy about, this, this expression of fruitfulness of what God wants us to do. Because the Bible encourages us that the one thing that cannot happen is the righteous cannot be uprooted. When you have solid growth, uh, I heard about these banana trees. You ever seen those banana trees and so big and all that? Um, I, I read that those things are like practically indestructible. Uh, the reason is because the roots, I mean, you can burn them down, chop them down, bulldoze them, and they'll come back if you don't dig up the roots. Uh, those roots will, will go right back. And that's our starting point is building this, uh, uh, d developing roots, uh, taking uh, recognizing the resources that we have, that even in the droughts of our life, you, you, you have droughts, don't you, sometimes? 
droughts where you struggle. A drought in your life might mean when you have a need that's not being met. Um, you don't have money you need. You don't have the energy you need. You don't have the support or the relationship. Or, uh, and you come into a drought in your life. Uh, when we go through droughts, what holds us steady is the roots that we put down. Roots and, and the help that others can, can bring around us. I got to thinking, you know, what's the, um, a plant that has no roots? Uh, we call that tumbleweed. You ever see that tumbleweed? You know, it's, it's, it's just blowing in the wind. It's just going from place to place. The Word of God is encouraging us to put down roots so that we can bear much fruit. Um, how do, you, how do you grow deep roots? Uh, I encourage you, if you haven't memorized Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3, it's a great place. It says, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord. They study it night and day. They are like trees that grow beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time and whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. Wow, that's pretty amazing. They succeed in everything they do. So we put down roots. We spend time with God. We stay in the word of God. One more verse, Colossians 2 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ as Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So being in the word every day, you know, really could stop the sermon right now. We wanted to because that's being in the word, putting down roots, being connected to the things of God, cultivating uh, deeper roots with him, bearing much fruit. Uh, a couple other points. Uh, number two, um, we have to, I must eliminate the weeds in my life. I must eliminate the weeds in my life. You know, you all got weeds. Uh, you have weeds at your house, you got weeds in your garden, you got weeds in your life. Um, you know, the Bible talks about this whole idea of weeds. Uh, Jesus tells the story about the, the sower and the soils. Um, I gave you a quote from Luke 8, but it's in all four of the Gospels. It's really important. It's the idea of planting a seed, and when the seed sprouts, uh, which is the Word of God, it, it says the weeds of worry of this life, the cares of this life, the materialism, all begin to crowd out uh, and choke out uh, what God wants to do there. Um, so uh, I have somebody that's going to help me. Uh, Dave Milam is going to come up here. Dave Milam is our uh, church landscape guy. Um, he, uh, he works here all the time. Just come on up here with me. Um, I, uh, oh, man, I, I love Dave Milam. Uh, he and I are great friends. Um, honestly, no two people could be different, raised differently, uh, lived our lives differently than me and you, Right? We talked about this many times, uh, but we are like best of friends uh, and will be for the rest of our life uh, because of Jesus. Um, but I also noticed that he had skills uh, and skills is good. And so uh, he came to me one day and we were talking about all this and I'm thinking about it, but I'm not talking about it yet. And uh, he just opened up his heart to me, and I mean, first of all, he gave his life to Christ and started growing together, and uh, we've been discipling ever since then, um, but them skills got my attention, you know, so I'm thinking about landscaping and all that, so, um, so we're talking about weeds, right? Uh, do we, uh, you know much about weeds? Quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. Uh, like, um, do we, how do you feel about weeds? I don't like them. You don't like that? <laughs> I didn't think, you don't either, do you? 
No, we don't like it. Hey, do we have any weeds here? Hey, by the way, before he says that, this place is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, the work you've done here is just, just fantastic. Love that. All right, so do we have any weeds? Embarrassingly, yes, there's still weeds out there. Okay, well, I don't, I don't see a lot of weeds. So what do you do? How do you take care of weeds? I constantly spray them or dig them out or pull them out by hand weekly. Okay, what if you didn't do that? They will take the place over. They would take the place over, like more than the grass and the, all the, so we wouldn't have this beautiful place, I guess. Definitely would take the grass over and they, even a, a harsh year like this with the heat, uh, the weeds are making their stand out there consistently. So like the weeds almost grow even if the other stuff doesn't. So. The weeds grow in every crack and corner without any fertilization and with out of pavement, blacktop, places you would not believe that something could survive. Right. I noticed there's no grass on the blacktop, but there's weeds right, to kind of break up through it. It's amazing. Um, so how do you, uh, you know, what's your attitude about, about weeds? I don't like them. I spray them constantly and... So you'd say you've been like, let's, how about brutal? Would brutal be a good word? Brutal is definitely a good word. All right. So I appreciate you. Uh, how about, um, do you think there have been weeds, like spiritually, in your life that you've had to deal with? Every day. Question, Every. No questions asked. Now, how do you deal with those? Same way. I pray mostly about it, but I can't pull them the way I can spray outside, but they're, they're there consistently and... Uh, to remove them. Isn't it interesting how these landscaping and gardening concepts help us to think about our own, our own journey? You and I have talked a lot about this. Every day we talk about pruning branches and bearing fruit and, and different situations. And it's just like that with trees and landscaping as it is with us in our spiritual life. All right. Well, that's the third point. We're going to stay here just a second. Um, oh, one thing I, I, I wanted to to mention was um, this whole idea of pruning. So number three is I cooperate with God's pruning in my life. Now, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, so what is pruning? Pruning's where we purposely remove branches that are either dead or broken or sometimes purposely on apple trees, for example, to produce more fruit. Okay, let's go over here and look at our tree here. So what do we have here? Uh, this is a golden delicious apple tree. And as you can see, pruning on this one, this one has not been pruned, but as you can still see, it's still producing fruit. These are live apples. But as you can see, there's constantly pruning that needs to be done to shape it up. And oh, that's a big one. Properly shape the tree as well, like we shape our lives. Okay, now are you cutting, are you cutting dead stuff off or Not live the, stuff? This is all live stuff, but if it produces too much vegetation, it won't produce good fruit. Okay, so what happens if you don't if you don't do all that? If you don't prune it, it will eventually get so bushy with leaves that it won't produce any fruit anymore. It could possibly even die. So you could have too many leaves, too many branches that don't have enough energy to be able to produce the fruit? Exactly. Wow, that's pretty good, right? Uh, so um, where was this? Where'd you get this? 
Um, I actually had to borrow it from a friend's nursery because it, right. it was the only one I could find that had actual real fruit on it. Real apples, all right. Real apples. Very good. Now, would you say that you are punishing the plant because of that? A lot of times it looks like you are punishing a, a plant, whether it be a fruit tree or even a flower or even a, a perennial, for example. A lot of times we need to do division or cut back or severely prune stuff to get it to properly perform how it's supposed to. I noticed that the way that some of us would talk about pruning compared to the way that you talk about pruning is way different. You know, we might do a little clip, clip, you know, whatever. You're like brutal, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him chop the whole thing down. You know, in our yard, just chop it all the way down. Oh, it'll come back. <laughs> it'll come back. And I know you've got people that you work for that are like upset uh, because of the pruning. But pruning is not punishment. Uh, never con con confuse punishment with pruning as he brings pruning to all of us. And we're still being pruned, aren't we? Constantly. Constantly doing that. Daily. Hey, I appreciate you talking to me about all this. Thank you. Would you thank Dave for All right, look at uh, Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. I'm pretty sure those plants, you know, you never had a rose bush say, don't do that to me, don't cut. No, uh, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained uh, by it. So um, cultivate deep roots. Eliminate the weeds in my life. Cooperate with God's pruning in my life. Last one. I must patiently wait and expect the fruit. Patiently wait and expect uh, the fruit uh, to come in my life. Uh, recognizing that I want him to work in my life, and so I'm waiting for the fruit. Growing fruit takes time. Uh, you don't put a seed in the ground and the next day get tomatoes. Uh, or apples. You don't plant a seed and then harvest it right away. John 12, 24, truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So growing fruit takes time. It's a waiting process. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for us, for the waiting. Because when you're in a hurry and God is not, that can be uncomfortable. But uh, you recognize the work that God wants to do there. You know, there's a, there's a process involved. He's talking about the dying of the seed, putting it in the ground so it can come up and be the plant. Just like that for us. We have to sometimes die to our old nature. We have to die to our old ways and our habits and our choices and recognize what he wants to do in us. Jesus says, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain, that's the word, right? Remain in me. Stay in contact. Stay plugged in. Stay connected to God. Let us not get weary in doing well. Stay persistent. Stay consistent. Uh, stay walking with God. I'm interested in allowing the Spirit of God to help us. Um, so, a couple of different responses today. Could we, could we pray for greater fruitfulness? for God to bring about transformation for us.
We want our lives to count, don't you? Don't you want your life to matter? And certainly matter to God as much as to anyone. We don't want to live shallow lives. We want to be productive. We want to be fruitful. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want that? Well done. We want to hear that. We can take steps like deepening our roots. Help me to spend time with you and in your word to know how to do that, how to be daily in your presence. Help me to, to eliminate weeds, things that are choking my, my spiritual life out, things that are choking out my relationship with him and others. Help me to recognize the weeds. Help me to cooperate with pruning. Make a difference, Lord. Cut away some of that that needs to be pulled away, even to maybe some good things that are just overwhelming me. God, I want to cooperate with whatever you're trying to cut out of my life. Maybe you got a relationship that is not healthy. Maybe you have a wrong goal or a wrong value or a wrong uh, dream. And then we come to a place of waiting uh, for him to work. So two responses. First one is... Um, you know, you can make a decision today about your relationship with God, your desire to be fruitful. You know what I notice is that even if you've been walking with God for a long time, it's easy to kind of start drifting along. You, you know you've been blessed. You know you have resources, but you let a bunch of stuff get in your way. Uh, could we decide today that we're going to allow him to develop that fruitfulness in us? That we're going to move closer to him. We're going to lay aside a lot of my self-centeredness and quit drifting and be what he, what he longs for me to be. Uh, Kim's just playing for us. We're not singing anything. Um, you know, I, I always want to make it possible for you to respond however God wants you to respond. So maybe today, uh, in, a, in a moment or so, you could, uh, you could stand up. Maybe you would, you would just stand up and say, to, to, between you and God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally happy with where I am in my relationship with you, but I don't want to make things right. We, we have an altar uh, in our church, and it's a great place to come and kneel. You know, the way I grew up, whenever I start feeling like I feel today, I just got to get on my knees somewhere. I've knelt in every part of this building, wherever I am, uh, all kind of classrooms, just coming and kneeling before God and drawing close to Him. It, uh, maybe that's what you need to do today. You know, you could just decide right where you are between you and him. And I'm not going out of this building the way I came into this building. I'm going to make a decision today that's going to change how I begin to allow the Spirit of God to work in me. You know, I know that he's in this room right now. And I know that he's speaking to you. So in the, just in the quietness, you're not going to, you don't have to stand up together. But if you want to stand where you are or you want to come and kneel here, or you just want to bow your head and pray, would you respond to him today? Lord, I want to be the fruitful person that you made me to be. Would you respond to him now? It takes courage to stand up or courage to step out and kneel at an altar. It's between you and him. If he's speaking to you today, Lord, if you feel, if you feel that on your heart, be, be willing. 
be willing to respond to him today? Just waiting on you. I know he's speaking to you. Continue to respond. In a moment, we're going to pray, but as you're praying, ask God what you need to do. What, what does he want you to do as you're responding to him today? Maybe you really haven't spent much time with him other than just coming to church. Maybe he wants to, to be a part of your life every day. Maybe he wants to enhance your time in scripture or your prayers. Maybe what he wants you to do is to, to talk to somebody about it. Maybe talk to your spouse or talk to a Christian friend that you have or somebody that's in your Bible study or a class or, or, or come and talk to one of the pastors or come and talk to me. Can we talk and pray together about what God wants for you? How does God want you to use your resources, the talents that you have, the ways that you could impact the kingdom of God? Who are you influencing for the kingdom? Who are you praying for that, that God could use you? What kind of relationship are you having with those in your house? And, and how can you be a greater influence in discipling them? Anybody else want to stand? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you see this room? Lord, this room is all about you right now. I want to thank you that even those that are seated right now, those that are strong believers in, in this room, Lord, I know they feel like I feel. Lord, I haven't arrived. I want to be more fruitful. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to be committed to you, Lord, but I don't, I don't want to just, I, I know you want me to be faithful but you also want me to be productive. You want me to be fruitful. You want me to, to care about how I use who I am and what I've been given and the experiences that I've had and the, the trust that I have in you. So Lord, minister to every person in this room right now. I pray particularly for people that are standing all across this room right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would hear their cry to you right now, Lord all across the back, the front, all of those that are standing in the balcony. Oh God, touch them today. May it be a, a life-changing commitment to you, Lord. Maybe for some, it might be coming back to you. Or maybe for some, it's like, man, I know I've been drifting, Lord, and I, I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting myself back in line with you. I pray for all these that have chosen to kneel here today. Lord, I knelt here, knelt here just a couple of days ago. So I know how they're praying. Give them wisdom. Give them direction. Show them what to do. Lord, when we, when we finish this service, we pray that we wouldn't listen to what the devil has to say, but we'd be changed. We'd be transformed by what you're doing in us. Lord, I pray that your kingdom 
would be would receive greater impact because of this service this morning and the commitments of your people here. Lord, we pray that you would help us put down greater roots, clean out the weeds, receive your pruning, and experience fruitfulness. Let your fruit shine in us, and may you be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name. Everybody stand together. As we go today, I have fruit. Um, this is a lovely, delicious, sweet gala apple. Um, I eat lots of these lately. Uh, it's one of my staples, and so I thought I'd give it to you. But uh, you can pick these up as you go out. They're in all the doors right there. They're in the balcony. You can pick those up. Um, you can do whatever you want to with it. But I wanted it to be a visual and tasty reminder of what you committed to the Lord today. So um, your commitment to him. So you can, uh, you can eat the apple like right now. Um, just don't throw the core on the ground. Uh, I was going to give you seedless grapes, but uh, that way I wouldn't have had anything left over. But, uh, so no trash. You take care of that. But uh, you can take this home. You can talk about it at lunch. Uh, you can put it on your dresser. You can eat it later. Whatever you want to do, let it be a reminder that you are called to much fruitfulness. Go and bear great fruit. God bless you.